Hey, Cryptonauts, welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, starting out the year of 2023 on the very first day of the year. With yeah, episode years, 473, I'm your host, Jake Jabarelli, with co-host Blockchain John here on our episode, starting out the year. And we will break right into this week in Crypto Twitter, followed by a recap of the last year. So hit it, John. Tell us what happened right. in Crypto Twitter this week. Cool. This week on Crypto Twitter, did SBF move money? Hmm? Man, UTD, UTD? Uh, NFTs under fire. Eisenberg arrested. Uh, markets were mostly frozen this week, with most of the leading cryptocurrencies seeing very little price movement to the end of the year, except for the unlucky few, in particular Solana and Dogecoin, which suffered double digit percentage drops. In another week of relatively few adoptions, moves, or crypto dispatches from Washington, the industry has all of its eyes on the courtroom saga of FTX's unraveling. But there, still, but there were still enough news momentum to get crypto Twitter excited. All right, starting off with, on Tuesday, news broke of the arrest of Abraham Eisenberg, a New Yorker who has allegedly milked millions from crypto exploits. And here's a tweet from Summers. Uh, Abraham Avi Eisenberg uh, was arrested yesterday in Puerto Rico and charged with market manipulation. And here's that documentation case on that there. Mm -hmm. Eisenberg's named resurfaced in October when he stole over $100 million. He at the mouth. Uh, <laughs> um, crypto trading platform Mango Markets returned $67 million of it and at the time got away with it, claiming his actions were in the interest of depositors fully legal and backed by a larger organization behind him. Meanwhile, his, the widow of Hal Finney, in early, ooh, really, in, in earlier Bitcoiner, uh, Bitcoin contributor and received one of the first transactions on the network, announced a Bitcoin-themed fundraiser marathon to raise money for research into ALS, the neurodegenerative disease that killed Finney back in 2014. Yes, he was a, he was a really good guy. One disgruntled inventor in crypto investment firm Multicoin Capital shared a massive a missive uh, they'd received that should really have been sent back in November. When the FTX crisis started, Multicoin appears to be have appears to have been heavily affected by both direct and indirect exposure to FTX, in particular its whale-sized hoard of Solana. Due to Solana's strong ties to FTX, Sol has been in free fall for the last two months. It just hit a two-year low while struggling to stay above the $10 support level. Wow. Mm -hmm. So anybody got Solana? Well, sorry for you guys. Sorry for you. Anybody who's on Helium is now on Solana. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. But Delic Buterin on Thursday tweeted his support for Solana's community of deeply disappointed developers and fans. And here's that tweet from Vitalik. Some smart people tell me they're... I got to do this again. Some smart people tell me there is an earnest smart developer community in Solana. And now that's an awful opportunistic money people have been washed out. The chains has a bright future. Hard for me to tell from outside, but I hope the community gets its fair chance to thrive. When does Vitilic sound like that? I don't know. <laughs> um... Tuesday, eagle-eyed NFT enthusiast Clown Vamp spotted what looks like outright plagiarism in Manchester United's new Tezos-based NFT collection. Clown Vamp tweeted, there are compelling evidence in a thread. Here's that tweet from Clown Vamp. We have a problem. Blah. 
<laughs> on the left, a monster by Des Lucris, one of the most popular and long-standing collections on Tezos. On the right, a devil, a new project by Manchester United on Tezos in partnership with Tezos Foundation. Hell no. We need answers. This is total garbage. Yeah, they are actually different. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Visually, yes, but, but the style is the same. The style, yeah, but it's... Come on, man. The following day, a fan made South Park spoof of F FTX, and its disgraced former CEO made the rounds on CT. <laughs> and actually, let's let's play this real quick. Right. Uh, I'm gonna place it and mute it. Can we play hey, that? hi. It's uh, kind of long, actually. Yeah, it's a minute and a half. Yeah, it's a minute and a half. Yeah, I don't want to get messed up with that. Yeah. Finally, on Friday, on-chain sleuths like Zach XBT noticed that seven-digit funds. From wallets linked to Alameda research were being moved through transaction privacy mixers. Now, if you guys don't know Zach XBT, you guys should follow him on Twitter. He's awesome. He's like, like the. Um, it's a crypto sleuth. Crypto sleuth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a private okay. eye. He's like a crypto private there you eye. Go. All right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, it, what's cool? What's cool about this guy is that he, if he, if if you have funds stolen from you and you contact Zach. This guy will do anything in his power to help you out. How about the he's there for the community. He's like the Robin Hood in crypto, you know. That's what's awesome because when you look at uh, the people that he's helped out, it's amazing, you know. It's mm -hmm. great. I love yep. this guy. He's yep. great. Need more people like him. Mm -hmm. Continue on. Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF, was quick to deny all involvement, but Twitter was quick to roast him. And here's a tweet from SBF. None of these are mine. I'm not and couldn't be moving any of those funds. I don't have access to them anymore. <laughs> and happy Nick Nick Year tweet uh, re, re, responded. Uh, so you're using the internet to tweet, but you promise that you're not checking under the couch cushions for spare change. <laughs> I love it. I love like it. Uh, yeah, blockchain is everywhere as long as you have internet access. So BS. <laughs> as you were, everyone. SBS. I mean, BS is in his name. His, if you reverse SBF, you get FBS. Uh, none of these are, oh, hold on. Oh, another, another response was from Brad. Oh, okay. That's the end of it then. Yeah, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, Sam, Sam came back online an hour later to deliver a follow-up in which he offered to advise regulators. That seems unlikely to happen while he faces eight criminal fraud charges, but anything is possible in crypto. <laughs> he responds, uh, down here, uh, it says, I believe it is likely the case that various legit legs of FTX have the ability to access these funds. Hopefully that's what's happening here. If not, hopefully one steps in soon to, to do so. I would be happy to help advise regulators on this if any wanted. Jeez. What? what what's... I don't, I don't know what this guy's thinking. <laughs> He's all. thinking he still has a lot of clout, so... <laughs> That's all. We're done with it. All right, so um, we're going to do a recap here, as we said before at the start of the year. Uh, it's an opinion article out of CoinDesk. FTX Congress stablecoins. What 2023 may bring for crypto regulations? And I will be reading this is by uh, Nicholas Day. Can you believe the end of the year started off with U.S. law enforcement officials arresting two individuals in connection with 2016 Bitfinex hack funds? Really? For this week's newsletter, the 102nd since we first launched this in 2021, what a year. The narrative. Coindesk regulation team lays out 
what we're looking at this upcoming year, why it matters. Crypto's growing stature in the world will draw increasing amounts of attention from regulators. So, breaking it down. This year, I'm gonna actually boost this for people who are watching on a phone. Um, this year did not play out quite as expected. While the idea of the bull market would end up and a new crypto winter would hit was understood and expected, the sheer scale of this year's failures seemed to catch a lot of people by surprise. <laughs> yeah, that would be an understatement. Now, near next year will not, I suspect, be pretty. Cheyenne Ligon uh, gets into this as well a bit further down, but as the cryptocurrency cases advance and possible new bankruptcies arise, the industry will have to deal with more and more of a lot of questions around user privacy and consumer protections. Whether crypto exchange customers can expect their personal information to remain redacted should uh, the provider enter bankruptcy will continue to be a growing question for the courts. This year, we saw the question arise with companies like Celsius and FTX. Judges initially allowed the companies to file their creditors' information under seal, but Celsius later released the names and holdings of all of its customers while FTX is currently going through hearings about the same issue. Yeah, we were around. Yes, yes. Um, unfortunately, yes. If you look, it, the names are fully out in the open. Um, obviously, if you don't know who those people are, fine, you probably don't care. Um, it does suck for those people who, who are at the, definitely at the top of the list on Celsius because the top 10 people were probably most widely uh, noted since some of them have as much as $50 million in Celsius, but at least nobody had a billion dollars. So anyways, um, but still 50 million is a lot of money. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, may also be gearing up to force exchanges into compliance with existing rules. SEC Chair Uncle Gary has long said he believes his agency has the authority it needs to regulate crypto companies. Now, we're still going to be a little suspect on him because he was in, it seems like he was in bed with, with SBF and a lot of other people on, on those issues, but that remains to be seen. I'm going to get to that later. That the law is clear in his view that most cryptocurrencies are securities and therefore more crypto exchanges are securities trading platforms. More recently, the SEC has suggested that it may be moving closer to actually doing something about this. Enforcement Director uh, Gerbier Gruwal said the runway for crypto companies is getting shorter and the collapse of FTX has heightened the pressure for regulators to get a hold of this industry before something else falls apart. I don't expect too much in the way of legislative activity. While we know... Uh, well, I know we'll see additional bits introduced, including highly anticipated stablecoin legislation from the House Financial Services Committee. The bigger question remains whether there will be enough bipartisan support in both the House and the Senate to actually pass anything into law. Jesse Hamilton provided his own view on legislation further down. That being said, it's hard to say this year was anything but a black mark on the industry. Uh, that's 2022, because that, this is when this was written. Um, in the eyes of regulators, the collapse of Terra slash Luna, the bankruptcies of basically the entire crypto lender sector, minus Nexo, which in, will still end up having to leave the U.S., the meltdown of FTX, the largest exchange failure in years, these are all events that will pressure regulators worldwide. 
the Facebook, now Meta, led Libra, later DM project, and the global backlash, it tells us how regulators may respond as well. It may not be a quick response, but years after Facebook's first introduced Libra, lawmakers from different de uh, nations developed stablecoin regulations to rein in the sector. I suspect we'll see a similar response in reaction to this year's events. Sandali Handagama, uh, EMEA, the last year, uh, this past year did not just test the prowess of the global crypto companies and markets, but also the relatively new regulatory frameworks designed to govern the space. As high profile entities form Terra Platform Labs to FTX fell one after the other, the regulators they were linked to, be it in the Bahamas or Singapore, were also put on the spot. Singapore, which boasted a uh, sophisticated regulatory regime for crypto firms, faced tough questions on how its central bank decided on which platforms were platforms rather were safe for investors after it flagged rival exchange Binance, but not the now bankrupt FTX. In the European Union, lawmakers questioned if their landmark markets in crypto assets, or the MICA framework, hailed as a global standard for crypto regulation, could really prevent the FTX style collapse, which had over 100 entities operating in multiple jurisdictions while registered in the Bahamas. I know you have a lot to say about that, John. The cross-border nature of crypto warrants global co cooperation on regulations. International bodies like the International Monetary Fund, yeah, that's IMF, and the Financial St uh, Stability Board, FSB, have said, the push for global standards for crypto only intensified as the markets went from bad to worse this year. In 2023, we'll hear more about the global push for oversight and perhaps watch international leaders tackle a tougher question. Are regulations enough? Jesse Hamilton in the U.S. If crypto has a future as widespread commonly exchange asset, the future could be decided this year in Washington, D.C. The final pol uh, the policy work is coming to a head, including with the U.S. Federal Reserve, eventually decision, uh, eventual decision on whether the government should step into the field with a digital dollar and a number of legislative efforts that could finally set down national rules for stablecoin and crypto trading that will secure a place for digital assets in the U.S. financial system. That comes with a price, of course, and it may be too high for some in the industry. The regulatory reckoning comes as many law, U.S. lawmakers and the heads of agencies such as the SEC are particularly skeptical about ways, the ways things are run in the crypto world and the latest uh, crisis with FTX could mean more stringent oversight than the lawmakers can, uh, contemplated in the first few bills that started the debate. Meanwhile, if the SEC retains the authority to define what makes a token a security, and so far Uncle Gary says most of them are, the, that agency will hold token issuers and exchanges to existing securities law, which they should have been doing in the first place, um, and never foresaw decentralized crypto assets. The new Congress may take a while to settle into uh, during 2023, so it could be months before the Senate, controlled by the Democrats, and the House of Representatives, newly piloted by Republicans, will find common ground on crypto. The effort may be uh, furthest along in the House Financial Services Committee bipartisan stablecoin regulation bill, so the relatively narrow legislation could test whether crypto is among the limited range of issues that a divided government can move forward on. The two parties, several committees, and a lot of uh, crypto-doubting crypto lawmakers have been 
have to be brought together before the industry can finally get more comprehensive legislation. While Congress works on that, U.S. financial agency chiefs that make up the Financial Stability Oversight Council could, see, uh, could use the group's powers to formally declare the crypto activities such as stablecoins and, symmetric, and symmet systemically important, which could give the Fed or others some regulatory authority there, and apart from the onset of the significant enforcement actions likely coming from the SEC in 2023, lesser-known agencies such as the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau could also start imposing their powers over the financial products offered by crypto firms. So, as mentioned previously, Cheyenne Leon and the U.S., spectacular downfall of the FTX in November, which saw the world's second-largest crypto exchange, reduced to rubble in a little more than a week, was certainly the largest and most shocking failure of 2022, but it was far from the year's only crypto collapse, as we well know, having covered this all year long. FTX drama has had the secondary effect of drawing attention away from the failures that came before it, including the depegging and subsequent implosion of the algorithmic stablecoin issuer Terra and the $10 billion wipeout of the hedge fund Three Arrows Capital and a wave of other crypto bankruptcies, including Celsius Network and Voyager Digital. But there's also a possibility that FTX is behind all that collapse right, as well. Right, right. And That's so continuing, FTX collapsed in the fall from grace of its former CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, who is now facing criminal charges for his royal role in uh, alleged this alleged scheme, has also overshadowed subsequent bankruptcies like BlockFi's in the wake of its spreading contagion. The knock-on effects of that contagion has also caused several other major crypto companies, including Nexo, Gemini, and Genesis, a sister company of Coindesk, interesting uh, commentary there, since this is Coindesk, to wobble while FTX continues to steal the spotlight. Through 2022, uh, pardon me, though 2022 was a major year for crypto bankruptcies, the momentum shows no sign of slowing in 2023. The bankruptcy process is often slow and pain-taking. The bankruptcies that began in 2023 uh, will stretch well into 2023 and perhaps beyond. And if the dominoes continue to fall, they almost certainly will. Still, more crypto companies will join them. I, I can say for a fact that my crypto company is now on, on pause because I can't afford to keep running it. So, uh, Chamomile Shuba from the UK comments, The UK was a big story with the political regulatory turmoil putting into question the crypto hub plans Prime Minister Rishi Sunak set out when he was a finance minister. It's unclear that the political storm has passed away, calling for an early general election, which could result in Labour, the current favorite, uh, party favored to win, who may not be as crypto-friendly as the current ruling party or the Tory party taking charge. What also is unclear is whether the country's crypto hub uh, ambitions have any real standing on its financial regulator, the Financial Conduct Authority, or FCA, has a strict stance when it comes to crypto. CEO Nikhil Rathi told lawmakers in a meeting that the FCA has turned away 85% of the crypto companies that tried to register with it to operate within the country. The Financial Services and Markets Bill, which is still being debated in Parliament, will give the FCA powers to regulate crypto and how these companies advertise to UK clients. The UK government's finance arm, the Treasury, will set out how best to regulate the industry beginning with a public consultation. How this unfolds will indicate how crypto-friendly the UK will become. Lavender O of the APAC, regulatory framework is starting to firm up in Asia. This year, Hong Kong passed its licensing regime on exchanges, and South Korea put together a bill to govern digital assets. 
2022 was also a year of adjustments. Japan committed to relaxing tax regulations, which effectively made it impossible to issue tokens in the country. Singapore considered tightening regulations to reduce risk to retail investors. Strict regulations in the region also means that there's business, fi- uh, there's business in finding ways to dodge them. <laughs> investors in Japan use gray OCC channels over the counter to avoid high taxes. China's investors continue on ramp. An estimated 8% of FTX users were based in the country, according to a chart shown in its bankruptcy hearing. As in other regions, the, com- the collapses of Luna and FTX added urgency to regulatory efforts. Next year, Asian regulators will issue regulator, uh, re- regulatory frameworks on stablecoins. Soft cons- uh, cons- consultations in Hong Kong will continue on requirements for allowing retail to invest. Both Japan and Singapore have indicated that they are looking into regulating DeFi. I don't know how they're going to do that, but we'll see. This year, two inter-local markets exchanged with a global presence have snapped up smaller local regulated exchanges, see Binance's acquisition of Sakura in Japan and Toko uh, Crypto in Indonesia. More mergers and acquisitions are likely in 2023 as larger players look to snap up more local players. Jack Schickler in the U.S. and the EU comments, the markets in crypto assets made uh, law made the European Union the first major jurisdiction with a legal framework for the sector. As various shocks hit 2022, EU regulators vaunted their new customer, uh, consumer rather, protection and financial stability rules, which they said ensure stablecoins have the decent reserves of side eye to Terra USD, of course. And crypto exchanges are properly governed. I'm looking at you, FTX. <laughs> 2023 presents a. Uh, fork in the road of cryptocurrencies registered with the authorities in the Mika, and you get legitimacy, the right to advertise with the block official, uh, official approval to persuade people to help you aren't the next FTX. So you pretty much guarantee that if you register. Connections to traditional finance that helps on-ramp your new clients. So, you know, it's regulation. It's just kind of, kind of setting up a, a standardization for dealing with these, even though if they can't technically own crypto and manage crypto itself. Although if you think about it, nobody really manages fiat. They just manage the uh, medium through which it is used. But if an exchange or wallet provider doesn't want to jump in uh, through all the regulatory hoops, it can still sell crypto in the U by a loophole known as reverse solicitation. Offshore providers could also offer less scrupulous clients tempting extra features like not reporting their holdings to EU tax authorities, which believe you me, the US does not take kindly to. Uh, the EU might be a little more uh, uh, lenient, but the U.S. is not. <laughs> and that's the reason they sue the pants off people who try to tax dodge. Lately, the trend seemed to be in favor of increasing regulatory compliance. Binance, which once boasted that it had no headquarters, <laughs> has now set up entities in Cyprus, France, Spain, and Italy as it prepares for Mika to take effect in 2024. But crypto companies will all be looking over their shoulders as they take decisions no company wants its competitors to be getting an unfair advantage. Which way will they jump? And this is uh, almost the end here. We have a little bit of uh, news from India, from uh, Amitaj Singh. 2023 Indian crypto assets will have their eyes on three major events. First, the annual budget uh, announcement, which could see India change its crypto taxation policy, a 30% tax on crypto profits, and a 1% tax deducted from its source, TDS, 
on all transactions, among other macroeconomic factors, had a brutal impact on uh, trading in India. The industry has asked the government to reconsider these rules. Second, India will host the group of 20 G20 nations in September of 2023 in New Delhi. When India assumed the G20 presidency in December of 2022, it stated that framing global crypt coordination crypto rules would be a priority. Deliberations between G20 nations will begin and will uh, culminate during the summit with the expectation that the world's largest economies settle on a globally acceptable crypto regulation framework. Third, the nation's central bank hopes to launch its own CBDC on a full scale by the end of this year. Currently, the Reserve Bank of India, RBI, has commenced its pilot in four cities with the participation of four major cities. I guess that's the same thing. Uh, the pilot's progress will determine the future of India's digital rupee and potentially contribute to the global acceptable standards around the use of CBDCs. Looking back, uh, I'm not going to cover that because it's not much there, but I think we've already covered a lot of what's happened this year. Yeah. There's just one thing I wanted to mention. So you talked about uh, Japan's regulating DeFi. I was thinking about that. How are they going to do that? So a lot of companies, a lot of nations are trying to regulate DeFi, right? We've been talking about it over the past year. And uh, there, there's a possibility that they can do that by, cre by creating a backdoor or accessing metadata. Obviously, blockchain is public information. You can ac access metadata, maybe create an API that can, that can uh, plug into it and uh, uh, take that. I say this, it's obviously valuable information to, to, to extract met, uh, metadata from, from, from DeFi because what, what else can you do? You can't really regulate it in the sense that you're going to have KYC or AML on it because it's DeFi. There's, that's going to be non-existent. Otherwise, it's going to be more like CeFi if you end up doing that, right? Right. Um, so, But with metadata, we know that the majority of people that are in crypto are actually utilizing some type of AML KYC uh, exchange. Mm hmm if anything, these these bots that, that that nations have developed, they are very, very good at data tracking this stuff. Uh, I'm sure that as time goes on, these, these, these advancements are just going to get better and better, and they're going to be able to pretty much infiltrate DeFi without even um, having to worry about AML, KYC. They'll be able to track that stuff because it's public information. That's number one. Now, if there's DeFi that is private, you know, like you can't, you can't trace the, uh, the metadata. You know, or transactions. Ooh, that's that's a whole different ballgame right there. <laughs> but as of right now, I think it is possible to to, to data track uh, metadata uh, in general. That's all. Yeah. Continuing on. So something about Trump. Oh uh, yes, <laughs> Trump NFT creators with daily sales down 98% from peak. Uh, yeah. So uh, former President Donald Trump uh, has created his NFT. Some what was it last week? Two weeks ago already? It was two weeks ago now. Yeah. And, yeah, and obviously it went to the moon as expected, and it came back crashing down. Because anything that goes up comes back. Uh, within down. two days, uh, the Trump, uh, I think, that had maxed out nearly a thousand dollars per card, and uh, is now down to roughly two uh, x its original purchase. So original purchase price for the entire forty-five thousand set, although he held back a thousand of those NFTs uh, to not be sold. I'm guessing. Um, uh, to $100, that was over $99 was the original purchase price of any one of these NFTs. And there was an interesting limit of just, I don't know why, but they said no, uh, no user could own more than 100 of them, even though obviously the creators have held back a thousand of them. 
but uh, those rules were actually broken almost immediately, and several people own more than 100 of them. I don't know why anyone would buy any of them, but <laughs> in any case, uh, yeah, his, the price... The moon, everybody knows, you know. The, like, like, <laughs> well, like it, it's, saying, always, you know? it's, look, for the master scammer, the master grifter, uh, it's not surprising at all that there were a hundred or a thousand other grifters that gotten into his grift game and just grifted everyone else. Because that's what a, this article basically makes the point of, that a lot of people got in early to grift everyone else, but then the price just dropped. So it was even worse than, than Board Ape Yacht. Yeah, you know, but what surprised, aside from, from the monetary value, what surprised me is the technology transition from utilizing what, uh, <clears throat> the, the, the NFT was created on Ethereum, mm -hmm. and a lot of people decided that obviously using Polygon is much more efficient, much more affordable, and so people started moving the, the NFT from Ethereum to Polygon, util right. utilizing that network. Right. That, to me, is more exciting then the actual monetary value going up to like a million dollars, whatever. I don't care about that. <laughs> what what fascinates me is when a community, when 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 the consensus decides that Ethereum is garbage and Polygon is superior to it. People are making these decisions now. It's obvious that Ethereum is no bueno. All right, stay away from it. Don't do anything with it. Yeah, but you can use Polygon basically wrapped wrapped ethereum on polygon um which means it's technically still related to ethereum but you can then trade it on polygon for much much cheaper mm -hmm. so the only thing that sucks about that is that you still have to pay that transaction that transaction fee an eighth to to uh to bridge over to, to polygon that's where it sucks you got to wait for the network to come back down that's that's where i was like oh come on man come on i think i was moving some some stable coins and the, obviously, the most most affordable way to do that is to move it over to Polygon, then move it over. And I was like, Jesus, this is when the peak of, of uh, 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 the transactions, you know, uh, <clears throat> when, 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 when Ethereum was at proof of work and the transactions were like 150 bucks a pop, mm -hmm. you know, transaction fees. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness, you know. So when it came back down, I think I got in at 60 bucks. And now, like, what, what are they, like 10 bucks? If that, oh, bucks? yeah, bucks? It's, yeah. It's, it's the same price to move, move Bitcoin as it is to move Ethereum, fortunately. All right, so that's the update on that. Uh, it went up, came back down. It's yep. what you say, 2x? It's, it's about 2x their original asking price. So they were asking about 100, now it's about two. It's about that's a little less than 200. It's like 180, I think, the last time people had said, but yeah, it's down uh, roughly 100% from its original peak not to say that it went down to its original price but it's still down and, and of course trump every single time somebody makes a sale he makes he makes 10 percent. that's actually his commission the commission what's on every single is 10 percent. so what's gonna surprise me if literally this becomes a trend with presidents <laughs> well all right all right just just playing devil's advocate uh raven reagan in particular had his reagan commemorative coin so every single president has had a commemorative coin. Everyone, including yeah, Obama. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. just because Trump went the more digital, visual, you know, color way than to do a coin mint. But see, most of those coin minting isn't going to pay the president or the ex-president himself. It's just something that the United States does to commemorate that person. I'm not certain that they will do that for Trump, but we'll we'll have to see see in the next coming you know years or so what happens to the man himself. All right, let's moving on to Bahamas Bahama Securities Commission, similar I guess to the SEC, confirms that it has three and a half billion in FTX's assets. Now, let me make a point up front about that. 
That three and a half billion is as of November, what, November 16th, I think. Um, so the three and a half billion value was what those assets were worth a month and a half ago. That is no longer what they're worth. This article does not specify what that is because the Bahamas Security Commission has not said what the new value is, but at least has mentioned that they recovered quite a bit, a good chunk of the money that was, um, you know, in that. They've just kept it in the wallets. Um, and they'll probably do like the FBI did years and years ago when they stopped, uh, or is it the CIA? Whatever U.S. government agency um, yeah. stopped the, um, uh, what's it called, um, Silk Road. Uh, transaction mm -hmm. back about a decade ago um so they'll probably just hold on to it there's no reason for them to spend any of it and if they did we know so <laughs> um yeah that's really all we're saying here in this really relatively short article is that that the uh recovered and all well we'll say fdx's lawyers is kind of pissed about this because they're like hey you can't do that and then bahamas kind of like yeah we can do what we want it was in our jurisdiction so um they're not obviously going to do anything with that, but the brain of an FDX's lawyers involved in the um, uh, the bankruptcy lawsuit are just like, well, we need to get that money back to the original creditors. And, uh, and F Bahamas is kind of like, yeah, when you guys figure that out, call us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just glad it wasn't, even though 650 million. I'm sure million, they're going to play ball. I'm sure they'll yeah. play ball. Oh, I'm sure they are, yeah. Protecting the assets. Yeah, they're just holding on to them until until the, the uh, lawsuit's done. But I think what the FTX lawyer is probably most interested in is making sure that that money is going to be played and um, that they can get the, the full, you know, listing. Of, well, how many coins, what coins do you have explicitly so we can know if that money is going to stick around? Because regardless of the fact, I mean, this is thing I find as funny is, you know, you and I had money in, in Celsius. And uh -huh. if we think of it from the standpoint of the coins themselves and not the fiat value, the effective tradable value, then we still have exactly what we put in there, right? Even if they just gave us those coins back, right? That wasn't exchanged out to fiat. I would be perfectly happy with that because even though exactly. it's definitely not worth what it was when, when, when uh, Celsius closed, it's still the coins themselves. And all I want is the coins. Exactly. Same here. So let's move on to something about coins. In particular, a mining company. Yeah. You want it? you want that? Oh, I can talk about it. Um, I don't know if it was. Yeah, whatever. Uh, all right. So, Bitcoin firm Compass Mining wins 1.5 million dollar lawsuit against Dynamics Mining. Um, in particular, this is uh, something that I think John and I were both somewhat unaware of that the Kentucky-based Dynamics said in June that company, uh, Compass had failed to pay its utility and hosting bills tied to the facility in Maine and terminated its hosting agreement. Compass sells hardware so that customers can mine, uh, can use it to mine Bitcoin and also provides hosting and power. And that was what the lawsuit was regarding. So um, they're basically saying, hey, uh, you owe us for all the stuff you did but didn't pay us for. And they won and the 1.5. That's thing because... Because you actually, you can pretty much relate to this as well because you have clients, you have a mining, uh, mining company. This is pretty much can play out to you, right? Like what, what would happen if, if your clients don't pay? You know, for their oh, no, no. All pay. right, so <laughs> my business model is not the same. <laughs> this is the reason that, that my business partner who had previously done this before, he did it in 2018, his business model was give the coins and they pay him in fiat. My business model was always I take the fee before I pay you. And that was deliberate the whole time. And all the customers agreed to that contract and it is written with their signatures. 
So I have the contract papers that say that they agreed to this contract exactly as written. And that was because I was not going to make the same mistake that he did. He just did. He was, he was new to it, right? You know, he started his company in 2017 and uh, kind of was dragged into it by one of his business partners. I didn't drag him into this. I asked him if I could use his hardware. And he said yes. That was like the big boom with mining, man. Everyone was trying to get into it. Yeah. So I did. We had did talk. We did talk about it. my partner. And I did talk about the possibility of using, uh, of selling our time to other people, and that's actually one of the most common ways of doing it. Where people are like, okay, you can have these miners for twenty four hours to a month, and whatever you get out of that, we take a small fee, and you get the rest of the coin, right? Or we, you pay us up front for access to these to these machines, and we'll put your, you know, your address in here and you'll get whatever comes out of it and that was seen on real quick there's a little little paragraph here right, a sorry. judge ruled in favor of compass on thursday and entered a default judgment against dynamics for just over 1.47 million dollars plus post judgment interest and cost compass said in a statement that quote it is not clear whether it will be able to collect the judgment from dynamics exactly and if you know the money you know the money you can't scream blood from a turnip so uh, you yeah. like like you said dude so you said when it when it when it's a default judgment, that means the the, the other party didn't didn't, didn't, didn't show up the court, court. Right? Yeah, didn't show up the court. That, that makes no sense, man. Well, I maybe they thought it was going to be a significant uh, judgment, but I mean, maybe the, it, it, when a person doesn't show up to court, it's either because they're embarrassed or they really, really don't believe you. So it's entirely possible that they didn't believe that it would actually go through. And even right. so, like I said, they, they may not be able to get this money. They may have this, this uh, ruling over them, but it's also in a different state. So it may be difficult to enforce. And um, of course, this last paragraph just kind of wraps everything up. Bitcoin miners have had a difficult time this year. A brutal ongoing bear market means that the price of Bitcoin has plunged, leading to less profits for the companies. Many firms have had to sell their Bitcoin to increase liquidity. Yes. 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 And I think we, we did read an article last week. Uh, I get my weeks mixed up. Mm-hmm. Last week in regards to a company. Um, uh, what, what company was it that, that sold part of their, their, their mining their mining facility for like $47, like $50 million? Yeah, it was like, well, they were trying to pay off a loan. So I think they sold it for $35 million. No, it was more than that. It was $65 million. And then they got a loan for $35 million to make off there to make the payment on what they needed to uh, pay and whatever a, it was. As we continue in the bear market, the longer this goes on, there's going to be more of that kind of activity going on. There's going to be more Bitcoin dumped into the market, which is going to bring the overall value of, of, of Bitcoin's price down, which means that I get to buy more sets, you know? It's great. <laughs> exactly. But then, of course, it just, it just looks, you know, bad when you see Bitcoin under 10K. It's like, oh, man. For a company that it, it started started their their company, when, when the market was, you know, 30, 40, 50K, and now they're down under 10K, it's like, ouch, that hurts. That hurts them, you know. Well, it didn't start. Was, a Bitcoin started a lot lower than that, so. <laughs> last article of the first episode of the year, uh, 2023, Dogecoin plummets 13% amid rumors of Ethereum-like merge. What? What? Right. Is, is Dogecoin going to be proof of stake? <laughs> Oh, no. Of course it's going to drop. You know, anytime you try to go to proof of stake from proof of work, it's going to drop because you don't have those miners. That's a huge community mm-hmm. that, that's working with Dogecoin. And you take them out of the equation, you're losing a massive percent. I'm surprised it didn't actually drop more than that. You know? Well, it had something to do with the, 
the, uh, the illness of the dog on which the photo everyone knows to be the image of the coin. It seems Bad. to be yep. ill. So, yep. but yeah. Uh, ultimately, not. I mean, yes. Both were well. Actually, no. I don't know if they confirmed that uh, Kabuso is still in, 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 not sick or still living. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the, one of the articles that came out. That uh, the, the the Dogecoin is real. You know, for mm -hmm. those that don't know, Dogecoin mm -hmm. is real. Uh, our Doge, our Doji dog uh, icon. Uh, <laughs> was Kabuso? Kabuso. Yeah. Kabuso. It's the name around. of the name of the dog. Yeah. And he's he's uh, she, she she's been very yeah. huh she you're right sorry yeah yeah she she's been very sick uh, these past couple of days and uh, not doing so good so that was you know a slight percentage drop and then of course there was rumors going around that uh, uh, there's going to be a transition from proof of work to proof of stake but that quickly got scrapped right away from uh, Dogecoin developers saying no <laughs> let's stop this rumor right now because obviously the the longer they delay not coming out with anything official the more it's going to drop, you know, because the rumor just keeps going and going and going. Everyone's just going to dump Dogecoin. Mm -hmm. People don't want proof of stake, man. You know, if you start off as proof of work, leave it alone. Yep. It's a good coin. It's a good coin. Actually, uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that, man. We'll leave it at that. Just yep. plug in the coin tree. All right. Well, I uh, appreciate everyone listening to the end of the show. As it is here at the end, we would like to say that if you'd like to donate to us, we would appreciate it. We have a bunch of different coins to which you can donate. You can even donate us assets on Raven or Evermore, which is the DeFi equivalent of Raven. Um, Dogecoin, of course. Tron, Litecoin, Monero, Bat, uh, Binance, Smart Coin, or Matic. You can also check us out on Discord and on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Spotify, and Anchor Podcasts. Uh, no longer on Odyssey, although our content will still be there. So uh, we appreciate... So, Go ahead. For everybody, any, anyone that's watching on Twitch right now, for the group that's watching right now, hang out. We're going to have a little chat afterwards. Yes, right, we always we do uh, post and pre-show, pre-show and post-show stuff. So, with that said, thank you all for listening. Give us a thumbs up if you could on YouTube to help the algorithm. And we'll say stack sats and hodl. And hodl. Adios. Adios.